Sorry, my brain just went down two paths at the same time. (laughs) Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. I'm excited to bring back on Isaac Barlow of Busy Busy. Now, Isaac was on about two episodes ago, and we started talking about labor data and how Busy Busy can help you do that. Now, today, he starts sharing some awesome information on how systems and culture all tie together. And he actually gets down to the nitty gritty and actually giving you some ideas on what systems you should start to implement in your landscape business. So I encourage you guys to check out today's episode. But a quick word from our sponsors. The only app every landscaper needs, CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. CompanyCam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners with galleries and project timelines, all from your smartphone. Company Cam, the only app every landscaper needs. Check it out at companycam.com million or in your app store. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Busy Busy. Busy Busy is so simple to use and it's the most reliable GPS time tracking app on the market. And the best part is it was built for landscapers. Busy Busy's founder created Busy Busy because he owns multiple construction companies and needed to understand better which projects were making him money and which projects were killing him. Payroll is the highest variable cost in the project, so you better be tracking it. Busy Busy does this better than anyone else. So download Busy Busy today and don't forget to mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast to get three free months. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Jim. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendjim.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendjim.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. I'm excited to have on a returning guest. His name is Isaac Barlow. He's the CEO and creator of Busy Busy. 
And Busy Busy, if you're not familiar with it, is the number one time tracking app out there in the market right now. And I encourage all listeners to go out and check it out. They actually have a free version to help you start clocking in and clocking out your team members. But they also have a paid version, which goes way further and gives you all kinds of information that you need to see where your employees are at and give you just all kinds of data. We actually did a podcast episode a few weeks back with Isaac, and we actually took a deep dive into Busy Busy and all the features of it. And it's really a very cool app. I'm excited to actually have them as a sponsor of our podcast. So welcome, Isaac. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Scott. I'm glad to be back. So today we actually kind of want to shift topics. We actually kind of change this up a little bit, but we actually wanted to kind of dive into systems and culture in your business and actually how they actually tie together. And many people, from just what I've seen and heard, they kind of think of them as two separate things in their business, but they really actually tie everything together, tie everybody together. Don't you agree? I totally agree. We think systems and culture are the pillars of your business. That's how you become successful and profitable. And I'm a huge uh, systems fan, and I've heard you're a huge system fan. I really encourage everyone to really start thinking. Of, I mean, you're already doing it in your life anyhow, as far as having systems and procedures. But I really start encourage everyone to start implementing those types of things right away in their business. What about you? Absolutely. I think systems and culture are the most important part of your business. I, I think you have to decide what kind of culture you're going to create. And systems end up being part of your culture. On a, on a prior podcast, on, on the last time I was here, I said, if I was going to go into an area and start off new and compete with the local businesses in the area, the first thing I would do is hire top talent. And I would tell them your number one job is to collect the data. Your number two job is to do your work. And the reason why that's so important is because you automatically start off with being informed. And if you're an informed business, you can make good decisions. And if you recruit your top culture, like for me, when I try to think, what, what do I want my culture to be about? I want my culture to have the best workers, you know, the people who are such good workers that they're, they're self-motivated, they're A players, they get the job done, they're aligned with ownership and with management as far as trying to be profitable. And I want to take care of them. I want to take good care of those people. And all those things work together with your systems, because if you don't have good systems, you don't have the information you need to make the profit that you need to take care of the good people. And so it lines up hand in hand to me. And I, I think a lot of people, if they get into a business... And they see that they really don't have their crap together, to be honest. Like yeah. they don't have their things together. They're probably not going to stick around. You know, the business may not last. So that's right. If somebody comes in and sees how oh, they, you know, they do this, and this, and this, that's great. They're more encouraged to stay and more encouraged to add more value to your business overall. Absolutely. I personally think you can um, put off or, you know, turn over really key employees, really key workers by just not having a good systems and culture. They're really wondering, how can I thrive? How can I thrive in your business? Because what you want to do is you want to build a culture where your people feel like a family or a team. You know, it's, it's your team. You know, a lot of us watch sports and you watch these different football teams and different ones and you, you watch what kind of culture they created around them. You know, you have your leaders, you have your captains and your quarterbacks and so forth, but you watch how they create that culture around them and that culture attracts those same type of A players. And if you don't put that together, how do you attract them? Mm -hmm. And part of that culture has to be systems because if you don't have the system in place, you can't afford to pay those people. You can't afford to give them the information they need to thrive. A players want to thrive. They want the data. They want to know what their performance looks like. I'll use myself as an example. When I was younger working in the industry, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound, make that sound arrogant, okay? <laughs> but when I was younger working in the industry, I would run the most profitable crews in our excavation business. And this is from a young age. And the reason why is because what I did is I immediately started analyzing the job and they'd give me a, a job and say, okay, here's the job for you to do. And here's how you're supposed to do it. I would analyze that job. And then I would start tracking that data. And I was such a nerd that I would collect that data every night 
And I would process it and put it together. So the next morning I'd review it with the crew and say, look, here's what we achieved yesterday. And here's how much percentage we're done with our job. And here's how much man hours we have left in our budget and all those kind of things. And here's what we've got to do today. And here's how we've got to do it. And so I was able to every day, you might say manually, keep them excited, keep them informed, keep them motivated on what needed to be accomplished today and how we were going to do it. And then as they were doing it, I would let them know, I would give them feedback on how their performance was, you know, like did they excel, were they top performers? Top performers want that feedback. They want to know, am I a top performer? And so we would end up having some of the highest margins out of the crews. I think, you know, a lot of jobs, we average about 25% profit margin, which is really high for the construction industry. That's the truth. We average about that high of, of margins. And we did it so much based on just motivating and encouraging and exciting the crew. And so when I found a busy, busy, that was some of the stuff that I thought about is that as I got to manage a bigger business and more teams, it was harder for me to do that on an individual basis and connect with people individually and say, here's information you need. Here's what you need to know. Here's how you can thrive in your business. As anyone knows that's grown a business, that's your systems. You know, as your business expands, you've got to put your systems in place. Otherwise, your culture falls apart. Absolutely. And actually, it's, it's funny you say that because you and I are very similar like that. I would gather this data too at the end of the day and then try to figure out. And then again, I would use it to motivate. And then I also use it to look at our investment for that job and see how we compared and then make adjustments for the future. That's right. You have to. If you're an A player, and I'm sure I hope we both are, I'm, I'm sure we are, you know, you look at every job as a new opportunity. It's like you, you get given a new job and you're like, oh, this is a great new opportunity. I want to see if I can beat the estimate. I want to see if I can do better, if I can push more money. That's how you look at a job. And you want to attract people like that, mm-hmm. that think like that. And people like that, you have to have good systems for them to thrive. So for those out there that have not used or you know, added any systems to their business, is there anything that you kind of encourage them to begin with and start to think about? Yes, absolutely. The number one thing is tracking your data. And what I mean by that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm CEO Busy Busy and we have a time tracking. And, and I say this very honestly, that's why I started with the software first is, you have to track your labor data and you have to track your time. You have to know because in the world of construction, you've got to have what I would call the construction accounting cycle. But basically, you've got to remember three things. You've got to estimate your job, you have to execute on your job, and then you have to evaluate your job. And if you can't evaluate your job, that's your first system you've got to get in place because you know you start off in business, you're putting your estimates out there, and nothing can kill you faster than a bad estimate, as you probably know. And so if you're not taking that evaluation piece in in line, you're going to have problems quickly and hopefully you figure out fast. So I would say that's your number one system. And in that evaluation, your biggest variable is your labor data, your your man hours. You know know your materials, you know how much materials is going to take in a job, how much time is it going to take to do this job? Well, that's really the reason we call it an estimate is because we're estimating that amount of time. And so you've got to track that time and you've got to get that dialed in so that you have a good understanding of how well you're tracking to your estimates. To me, that's number one. I couldn't agree more. The other thing I would add with, you know, once you start gathering that data and you're evaluating and you're looking at comparing to your estimate, I always tell people to look at whether it's you have made the mistake as the estimator or whoever does your estimates for you, whether they miscalculated the amount of time or look at your crews. Is there a way that you can improve your productivity out there or did they perhaps run into an issue like, you know, like we're digging in the dirt all the time. We come across like a slab of concrete that we didn't know was there is buried. Yeah. Well, is that an add-on that you could have you know, add to kind of cover that time. So is there, you know, a change order that could have been put in place to, to help recover that? Or is there, again, just as a way to improve your productivity through crews as a training, whatever it is. So that this data does a lot more than just the regular job costing. You're absolutely right. And I, I'm so glad you brought up that point. It's, it's a fantastic point, you know, because the estimators can make mistakes and, and you have to be very careful about that. I want to tell you just a quick story of that happening to me. You know, I, I said we were a high performing crew and we were. 
So the highest performing job I ever did, we lost money on. <laughs> so that sounds like a big contrast when I said, hey, we're 25% profitable, right? But it's true. So so I went, one of the jobs, so I would do this where we track and, and I'd do the data nerd stuff at the end of the day, like you said you did. And so they sent us out on this job. We're doing, we're putting all the utilities for a grocery store, Harmon's grocery store in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I go there and we're, you know, I'm doing all the things that I do. I'm, I'm lining up the crew. I'm motivated. I'm telling them what we have to achieve every day. We're literally counting the minutes that it takes for us to put a stick of pipe in because we are just so dialed in and, and we're beating it. So I called the surveyors and I said, we need to get sewer staking out here. And so they staked our sewer line. And two days later, I called them and I said, we need water staking. They said, that's impossible. We just barely staked your sewer two days ago. And I said, yeah, it's done. We need our water. And they literally had to drive out to the job site to verify that because they didn't believe it. You know, we, we were performing at just the highest level I've ever seen. It was really one of those fun jobs where it just felt like everybody was on fire. Everybody's just clicking right and dialing right in and just killed it, right? Okay. So that happened the whole job. It was just the best job we've ever done. At the end of the job, this is before I had taken over the, the estimator office position. In fact, this is why I took over the estimator office position. <laughs> they said, well, I said, how do we do? And they said, well, you guys suck. You lost money. <laughs> I was like, I said, if, if we sucked on that job, we should get out of the business. There's no money to be made in this business because there's no way a crew is going to perform better than that. Because I had the experience, you know, I had the trade experience that I knew what I was doing. And so it made me dive in and dig into the estimate and say, okay, what happened? What happened? What happened? And I found out that the estimator made a massive mistake. And so really, if they understood their data, here's what they would have said. Thank you for only losing 27000 on the job. You were kind of set up to lose 100000 Like we, we, we were set, the stage had been set for us to lose a lot of money and we ended up only losing a little bit of money. So we minimized their losses. Now, this is a really good story to talk about systems and culture. Okay, so if you don't have the systems in place, which the company I was in didn't, and now you blame your crew, okay? And you say, oh, it's your fault. You just blamed a high-performing crew on for the, an estimator's mistake. What do you think is going to happen to that crew? They're one of two things. Either they're going to go down in their performance or they're going to leave you because they're high-performing crew. And what really needed to happen was for you to have, if you understand data trends, you know, for example, on this particular job, we were installing 500 feet of, of water line plus hydrants and bends and stuff like that in a day. With that size of crew that we were, typical for that would be 300 in a day, you know? And so if you understand your data trends, then you realize real quick, okay, the estimate was the problem. The crew's producing at a high performing level. And if you have the systems, you can understand your trends. But if you don't have the system and then you just start with the blame game, and this is another part of culture, is your culture needs to be, if you want a high thriving culture, it needs to be a culture of communication and a culture of trust. Your crew, your supervisors, they need to be able to talk to you. You need to be able to be approachable so they can say, hey, boss, I, I really think the estimate was botched here. You know, you gave me a labor budget for 50 hours and, and we got this done in 80 hours, but we were doing our best, you know, and if you don't have that kind of culture where they can talk to you and communicate with you, you're, you're going to lose them. You're going to lose your best people. We had something like similar with an estimator that he did not like getting told that he estimated incorrectly. You know, we, we had something similar. We, we did, we did a lot of water features. I did a lot of ponds and waterfalls and everything. And so we had it pretty dialed in the same thing. You know, everybody had this specific job. They knew exactly what to do. They got the job site. One guy would do this part. Another guy would do this part and just things clicked. And a couple of times he estimated way short on time. And like, so I, I approached him and asked him about that. And he got very upset because I came to him and well, that's, that's right. I'm like, so I pulled up past jobs that we've done and looked at, you know, the times, okay, this is what we did. This type of job, very similar. And you're way under that. And he was not approachable by any means about that. He actually yeah. got so upset. He actually left after a couple more jobs. I'm like, well, we can't lose money because you're underestimating. And 
I know you're trying to get the job, but <laughs> this is where having the information is so helpful. Yeah, if you're going to estimate so low to take a loss to get the job, at the very least you need to acknowledge that. Yep. You need to say, hey, guys, we had to cut this one so tight. You know, you're going to be lucky to make any profits, but we had to yep. to keep everybody busy. You know? yep. But I, I do love the point of, of rewarding people and, and communicating with people to build up the culture. I think that's so important. And, and that's really what's going to help keep your people in line. It, even if you're not doing so great, you know, if your business isn't going great, Go talk to those people and, and get their information. I suggest having what's dumb around here meetings. So ask your crews, get them all together, buy some coffee, buy some donuts in the morning. Say, hey, guys, we're struggling here. What is going wrong? What do you see in your eyes? What do we need to improve? And I guarantee you there's going to be some ideas out there that you probably didn't even think about. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is just the smartest thing. I joked at one, so, so I've, I've given different seminars on this before. And I joked at one seminar, I said, if I were to go out and I created this Android that had all the capacities of a human being, if I create a robot that had all the capacities of a human being, I'd become a multi-multi-billionaire. I mean, overnight, I'd be a multi-multi-billionaire because it would be so amazing because it'd be so useful because it would accomplish so many things. And yet we've got seven, eight billion of them out there. You know, like, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, we should, maybe we should consider using them better. And, and, the, and so then it's like, why is a human being so superior? Why, why are you so superior as a creature? Because of your brain, you know, and you've got people working for you that have brains and they have good brains. And so you'd be surprised if you'd go ask them like, hey, what do you think I could do better as a leader? Or what do you think I could do better on my job or any of those things? If you create that culture, not only you'd be surprised how much great information you'll get back, but you'll be surprised how much they'll feel better about working for you. Absolutely. I, I honestly attribute that to helping us keep our employees. We've had in the landscape industry, it's kind of unheard of, but we've had multiple, multiple people stay for 10 plus years. Our last guy who just left that is unheard of. 16 years, he stayed with us and all he did was mow. Like we offered him multiple times to move up to a crew leader, but he didn't want it. But yeah. we communicated with him and talked to him and, and valued his input because he knew what had to be happening on the job site. But he stayed with us and I honestly believe it's because of communication and just treat him as a human and you know and I think that really helped us. That's awesome. No, I think yeah. we think a lot of like that way. Your systems need to be something that simply help you to get the maximum out of your people. And I don't mean maximum like, you know, let's push them for every ounce of blood they got in them. I mean maximize their ability to succeed. Like someone has a potential, you know, how can you get the maximum potential out of your people? Your system should be helping you do that. It is communication, like you say, it is tracking, it's it's understanding what's going on, and then it's taking that feedback and continuing to go through that loop. Like I mentioned, you know, if you if you estimate, you execute and you evaluate, part of your evaluation should be getting that feedback from your people as well. You know, take that into consideration and then just keep optimizing your job and your business, and then you're turning it into a well-oiled machine that makes a lot of money for you. So after a company would institute, you know, some kind of system for collecting the data and information. What would you recommend would be the next step after that as far as systems? After they implement where they're collecting the data, I would say the next step is just, um, sorry, my brain just went down two paths at the same time. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say, once you collect the data, make sure you're giving the feedback, you know, so either the application can give the feedback directly to the people or you can, but make sure you give them the feedback because people want to know, like if you're having to make the effort to put in data, they want to know how it's benefiting them. So you got to get that feedback. But then the next thing I would say is continue to hone your focus, like your systems should hone your focus and your crew's focus on revenue producing activities. So like say processing payroll as an example, processing payroll does not produce me any revenue. I should make that a system as fast as I can. You know, like we use Gusto right now, my excavation company does. And Busy Busy is actually in the process of finalizing a partnership with Gusto. So you'll be able to use Gusto right through Busy Busy, right through our system. 
So processing payroll, paying taxes, you know, all those kinds of things, those are not revenue producing activities. You need to systemize those as soon as you possibly can so that your focus is on revenue producing activities. And then you can lead your people to keep their focus on revenue producing activities. I would agree with that 100%. I'm actually trying to convince my mom, who's the secretary of our landscape business, to get rid of payroll doing it. She's been doing it the same way for years. And she honestly, she gets in her own way. She doesn't, she won't change her mindset on it. Yeah. And I'm like, mom, you spend so much time. She literally does it in QuickBooks and then she does it on paper as well. She's very old school. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like this is, we have so many things out there to save you so much time. Like Gusto itself. I threw out that name, Augusto. I'm like, check it out. Like It's amazing. And it's about to be right in our application. I mean, there, there's just no way you can compete with it. How many employees do you have? In the, in the heat of the season, it's 20 to 25 people. Okay, so you're going to spend like a few hundred dollars on Gusto. And th there's just not a chance your mom's going to, that she's not going to do better for your company by focusing on something else. Exactly. It's, it's just amazing. Well, so I'm like, you, I, told, I saw, said the example, I'm like, you need to be doing like the $100 activities, if not higher, you know, for our business, yeah. not not doing payroll. I'm like, it's not worth it. Like you, you waste so much time, but trying to change your mindset is so hard sometimes. Do the pay evaluation, evaluate people's wages and make sure you're paying them right. But then once you've got that nailed, just let the system, let it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that you see all that. <laughs> well, yeah, and it uh, helps me because I'm like always looking, like I said, to to see ways to make it better. And that's like for years I've been trying to do it, but she just, she's older and just stubborn and stuck in her ways. I'm like, she's done it a certain way her whole life. And so it's hard to, it's hard to shift. And that's actually part of the culture. You know, we talked about this on the last podcast a little bit. But the thing you encounter the hardest is the habit changing of part of your culture. And so I, I mentioned this last time, but Simon Sinek goes through this video when he talks about start. It's called Start With The Why. And it's about an 18 minute YouTube video. I'll, I'll send it to you after this podcast. But he goes through and he says, whenever you introduce a new idea to any market. OK, and, and so you can decide where your mom falls into this. <laughs> but he says you, you start off, you can divide a group of people into these different components. He says, there's the innovators. I mean, this is like your real low percentage is like, this is 2% of your population. These are the people that want the technology before it's ready. They're so excited for the technology. They want it before it's even ready. I mean, they want the new iPhone. They want the new TVs, laptop. They're the ones that paid the highest prices for it because they just wanted to be part of that. And then you have your early adopters. And those are the people that once the innovators have worked things out, the early adopters are like, hey, that's cool. I want to do that too. And then they'll jump on. Then you get your kind of your next early part of the segment and then your late part of the segment. And you get up to like 85 to 90% of the group of people at that point. Then your last 10% are the laggards. He calls them the laggards. <laughs> he, says, he says, these ones are the ones that are like, I, I don't care. I don't care how much this benefits my life. Like, like these are the people that if you would have gone back to you know medieval times when fighting with swords and you offered them a machine gun, they'd say, I don't, I don't want to see that. <laughs> yep. I, I want to use a sword. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Unfortunately, that's my mom. Hope you're not listening, mom. But <laughs> <laughs> My parents are the same way. I mean, my dad was worse by far than that. It's so important, like we said, to, you know, to look at the technology that's out there and available to you to help attract the new people. I think that's something we talked about in the last podcast is using technology like Busy Busy, and it's going to help attract that people and, and create that culture of that you're always looking to improve and innovate and become better at your business. So I think it's important to... Uh, to look at what's out there and just see how you can add it to your business. Yeah, a good leader, a good leader puts in systems to help get the maximum potential out of his people or her people so that they can thrive. You know, there's a lot of data on this out in the industry, a lot of information that says, okay, you shouldn't pick the company you want to work for. You should pick the boss you want to work for. 
And I agree with that. And the reason I agree with that is you should pick the type of leader that will help get the maximum potential out of you so that you can hit your maximum level of earnings and be able to thrive. And A players think like that, you know, so if you don't have systems in place that help them see what they're doing, what they could do better, how they could engage in more training, whatever the case is, how how they can raise their value to you up and up and up so they can keep growing and, and their income and their career and their opportunities and their possibilities. If you don't have that kind of system, and especially if someone else does, you're going to lose your A players to that person because you need that kind of system. You've got to be able to help people maximize their potential. Everybody wants, they want to maximize their potential. They want to be proud of their job and they want to do a good job. When I say everybody, I should say A players, you know, like good employees that you want to have, they want this kind of stuff. So I guess kind of along those lines. So if you have somebody that is, you know, a B player, do you try to work with them to to move them up? Or is it something you just kind of, uh, they're not going to do me any good. I just kind of write them off. What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, thanks for asking that question. It's such a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, I would never write someone off that wants to improve. I think you can move people up from a B player to an A player. I think, you know, I've got other friends that say that you can't move up a C player. Well, I, I believe you can. I'm, I'm a believer in people. But I think the people you should let go of are the people that have no desire to improve. If they have desire to improve, I think you should always be trying to help them maximize their potential and do better and find the right seat on the bus that they fit in because you can't beat attitude. Someone with an attitude that wants to improve, you just can't beat that. Well, you mentioned here something that I think it's kind of smart is to to look at the individual and see maybe maybe they'd be better suited in another position. It may still be in your business, but it might be something else. For us in our, in our landscape business, we have you know general like landscaping, design, build stuff, and then we have our lawn maintenance division. Yeah. So we've had people that were applied to be in the landscape side. So they're putting in plants and and whatever it is, but they didn't really want to be part of a team. They just kind of want to work by themselves. So we actually moved them from from that to the land, the, I'm sorry, the lawn maintenance side where they actually just on a mower or a weed up and they're just kind of by themselves, they, but they did great at it. So it's, it's kind of yeah. looking at each person individually and see where they maybe better fit somewhere else. That's smart of you. And that's such a good culture that you have to do that. You, you mentioned it, kind of identified that when you mentioned your guy that likes to mow lawns is, you know, sometimes they will tell you the seat that they want on the bus. Like you're trying to move him to this other seat. Like, hey, you could be a supervisor. And he's, he's like, no, I, I want this seat on the bus. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's okay. You know, yep. that's great. It just kind of blew my mind when he's like, no, I don't want to do that. O- okay. Like I was not expecting that. You know, after this conversation, I was not expecting that. It like threw me off, you know, threw a curveball at me. But, you know, and just after talking to him a couple more times, it's just, he was just happy doing that. He just said, I just want to come in, mow, and, and I'm fine with it. You know, we increase his pay and everything else, but yeah, that's just how he was. And he was good at it. So, okay. <laughs> it's another good experience as a leader to realize that not everybody thinks like you. Yep. You know, you, you might think you always, everybody wants to be advanced to a superintendent. Somebody might not want to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. That was really, it was an eye-opening experience for me. I just, like I said, I was not expecting it. Everybody I've ever dealt with always wanted to kind of move up and yeah. it just wasn't him. So, okay, fine. <laughs> I could see that. That's that's a person that just kind of wants a lot of peace in their mind. They're like, well, no, I, I just want to have some peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. do my thing. That's fine. It's good. If, if you're happy with it, then I'm happy with it. So is there anything else that you'd like to add about the systems and, and culture that we haven't really talked about? Well, um, I, I would say that when we talk about combining systems and culture, just getting that information to people and, and making it really clear. We talked about it, you know, with the bad example I gave of, of doing a job where we did, we had excessive performance, incredible performance, and then they didn't even know it. They didn't know how to comprehend that we had it. And we talked about that being the downside of systems and culture. Like if you don't have good systems, then you can have bad culture. But I like to spin it to the positive side. And that is 
everybody, every human being out there wants three emotional things. They want approval, acceptance, and appreciation. Okay. And so if you have good systems and, and everybody does, I'm telling you, everybody does. This is me too. Probably you too. I mean, everybody just wants those things. They want to know that, that they're doing good. You know, they want to be approved of and they want to be appreciated. And so if you have the system in place that you can say, you know, here's the budget for this job. Here's this job. I, I don't care whether you get bonuses or not. Most people, the biggest bonus they want is the acknowledgement. So if, if you have a system in place that says, here's how this job should have done, and someone just outperforms the heck out of it, and you just go acknowledge them and say, wow, you did such an amazing job. I can't believe you completely beat all prior trends that we had thought of and all prior expectations. I just want to come out and thank you for being part of our team and tell you how much I appreciate you. That goes so far. And the systems help it be authentic. You know, you can't go make that stuff up. And if you have the right systems in place, then you're very authentic and you come out and, and you can get so much out of your team. And everybody that's listening to this podcast can understand this. If you had a whole bunch of yous that work for you, you'd make a lot of money, right? I mean, because you know, you're motivated, you're excited, you're dialed in, you want to produce revenue, all this kind of stuff. You have to create a culture that helps you get your team aligned with you on revenue producing activities so that they are producing it and they're killing it and you're telling them how great they're doing. And that just fuels their fire you know, and you just move it along. And so positive side of systems are, you'll be surprised how those things impact people because it impacts them at an emotional level and everybody wants that. And they want to be, they want to be a master of their trade too. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a, that's a great point too, just to go up and acknowledge them. They, like you said, that's something that everybody wants. I, I love that. Well, Isaac, I appreciate you being on the show. Guys, I encourage you to go check out Busy Busy. And if you actually sign up for the program and you mention Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast, you actually get three months for free. So Isaac, I appreciate you being so generous to, to offer that to our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we're excited and we're excited for your listeners. I want to tell you something about your own listeners, if you don't mind me making a statement. Sure. So we study the industry and overall across the whole construction industry, the trend is that 70% of people fail. Okay. They just do. 70% of the time, businesses in the construction world go out of business. They start in business within seven years, they're dead. 70% of them. So anyway, um, people who work on improving their business are usually part of that 30%. And the fact that your listeners are listening to your podcast mean that they're interested in improving their business. So I just want to give a compliment to them. And those are the people we are excited to give three months free to because we think they'll see the value. We think they'll understand it. And they're the people that are self-improvement mentality. And they are the people who will succeed in the end. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, Isaac, thank you again. And uh, also, thank you very much for being a sponsor of the podcast. We really appreciate it. And we love providing Absolutely. the value like you have brought on with the show today. We look forward to uh, working with you some more and look forward to having you on the podcast in the future. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Got a couple minutes for some fun questions? Sure. Why not? Okay. I, I stunned him last time. Last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's left on your bucket list? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, okay. Um, I've never been to the country Israel and I want to go to Israel and I want to actually, you know, follow the trail or walk, walk the trail where our savior walked, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. that's something I do. And a lot of people are like, Oh, there's all this conflict in the East. And I'm like, I'm always like, I, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> all right. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> Let me think about that one for a moment. Um, Best piece of advice I've ever been given. Yeah, I would think I would have to think about that one too. That's it's a tough one. Yeah. Let me just put it this way, and I don't I don't I don't know how to frame it as advice I was given. It's it's been I've been mentored by many people in my life. 
And um, I have business mentors. Everybody should have mentors. You, it really helps you so much in your life. But probably the best advice I can think of is, is you've got to have a cause that's greater than yourself. And for me, that advice was given to me on a religious basis. You know, you've got to have a cause that's greater than yourself, you know. And the reason you do, and you can apply it to business too, but the reason you do is whether you want to call it a cause or a vision or a goal or whatever the case is, you know, usually in business, I would call it vision. If it's greater than yourself, then you won't give up and you won't stop because the, the key to success is persistence. And so you can't give up. And so if you will have a vision, whatever it is of building your company, your family, your holy religion, whatever the case is, if you make sure that vision is greater than yourself, it'll make you a greater person because having something that's greater than yourself causes you to continually try to do better. And it, and it makes you not give yourself excuses. If, you, if you're the last um, judge, I guess, of your own actions, then you're always fine. But if you get something better than yourself that you're using to measure yourself with or to hold your standards, then it survives and it helps you always become a better person in whatever aspect of your life you're pursuing, you know, business, family, morals, religion, whatever it is, have something that's greater than yourself. I think that's a great piece of advice there. Thank you for that. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. What is something you hate but wished you loved? Some, something I hate that I wished I loved. Wow. Something uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate I wish I loved. Well, I mean, my, my mind immediately goes to exercise, and I don't, I don't hate exercise. I just wished I loved it more because it, I have a hard time prioritizing it, you know? So I, trying to work out, you know, do things like I'm like right now I'm on a sugar challenge with my family. So I went off sugar for a, we're, we're, we did, you know, no sugar March. And my plan is to go through that and then move into more exercising. So I guess I don't specifically hate it, but I wished I loved it more to prioritize it more in my life. So off to go with that one. Okay. Well, thanks, Scott. And I appreciate your surprise questions. It's, it's funny. I've never, I've never had that on any podcast I've done. I've never had surprise questions. Hopefully it's a good thing. Hopefully it didn't scare you off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I, I personally love authenticity and I love I love honesty. You know, I think it's great. My advice to you would be don't ever let people tell you they want the questions ahead of time. We'll all say we want them, but don't let us do that. Because that's not authentic. <laughs> I usually like just to ask and just, hey, do you mind me if I ask you, you know, mind if I ask yeah. these couple of fun questions? I don't tell them, but it's it's, yeah. it's always fun to and just interesting to see what they have to say. So that is interesting. All right, Isaac. Well, thank you very much. And I look forward to uh, having you on the show again. And uh, listeners out there, make sure you guys go check out Busy Busy. They do have a free version too. Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned that, but check that out. At least helps you start tracking your, your employees clocking in clocking out. You'll probably end up going up to the uh, full paid version just once you start seeing and all the information you can get from that. So I encourage you guys to check it out. And again, to mention the Million Dollar Landscape podcast, you can get three months for free. Thanks, Isaac. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. I sure appreciate it. Hey everyone, just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 